We all love to have fun. And for some of us, it's an outlet. The nightlife, the drinking, and the strange faces we meet along the way. But imagine this. Instead, you're coaxed into drinking with someone you just met at a bar. He knows you're looking for an escape. And to him, that's a weakness. A weakness he plans to take full advantage of. After a few too many drinks, things start to become fuzzy and you pass out. You've been down this road before. You'll wake up tomorrow, as you always do. But this time, things are a little bit different. This time, he shakes you awake. His weight's on top of your body and his hands are around your neck. He's forcing a bottle of vodka down your throat and emptying the entire contents, not even giving you a chance to breathe ever again. And I'm Ben, and you are listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Yeah. It's already open. This is the second time we're filming this. Recording. Recording. <laughs> I'm filming this. Just are kidding. you? Yeah. Where's the cameras? In my head. Weird. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically Ben's mic wasn't on, and we were almost halfway through recording. So this is deja vu. So what's up, guys? <laughs> for the second time for this episode. But How's it's it the going? first for you. Yeah. Um, We've never done that before. So, I mean, it's due to happen. Yep. 100%. I got to eat a few more pieces of sushi, so it was okay. And you asked me if I was going to open another beer, but I, 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 I'm still only halfway through this one. So I'll well, just stretch it out. The funny thing, too, is I was not drinking the first case or the first recording, and now I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fitting. Yeah. So... Anyways, we should uh, go back to what we were talking about at the last time we recorded the yep. intro, which was Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the badass moms out there who deserved an mm -hmm. awesome Mother's Day. We hope you had it. Yeah. We hope it was awesome. Hope it was like the best day ever. The absolute most bestest day ever. We celebrated by having margaritas. Margaritas Mother's Day. Yeah. Um. Tequila. Your mom loves tequila. She loves tequila. That makes her sound like an alcoholic. She's not. She's not, no. She's borderline. No. Uh, <laughs> she might listen to this. Be careful. Yeah. And this mom is, uh, we're calling you out. This is, uh, what's that? What's it called when you go in like. Oh. People are screaming at us right now what it's called. Intervention. Yes, yes. This I is like, your intervention, mom. can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No. It we is. get her a, what is it called? Patron. Patron, like not even once a year. And she's still like, she just finished the first one we got her. So well, she, like, she saves it. She yeah, like, cherishes it. That is not an alcoholic. No, by no means. No. But she does love tequila. Yeah. She so. loves her margaritas. And do you know what we love? Our patrons. We do. I was like, <laughs> where are you going with this? Yeah, they're freaking amazing. Um, yeah. So if you didn't know, we have a Patreon. And over on Patreon, people sign up to get things like behind the scenes and support us directly. And at the end of every month, they get an exclusive Wicked and Grim episode. Um, and we had some people sign up this past week. So I'm going to read off those awesome people who signed up and decided to support us. Please do. Let's do it. So first and foremost, we got Brandon Hansen. Mm -hmm. We got Kara Firestone, who has like one of the most badass names I've ever heard. That's an awesome name. I'm just going to say it one more time. I dig it. Kara Firestone. It's fucking epic. <laughs> wow. Like epic. I shouldn't record you saying her name. It's quite quite a thing. Firestone. <laughs> uh and then we got lisa medved and raul gardado i really hope i said your name right raul those are awesome that's but, all awesome right 
Firestone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All four of you are equally awesome. You Thank are. you so, so, so much from like the bottom of our hearts. We uh, really yeah. appreciate um, it. Yeah, because of individuals like you, we get to keep this show going. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. We get to have like so much fun that we just want to like re-record all of our episodes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, we also wanted to, we got like, we get some super awesome reviews and we never really read any on here. And so this week we're reading two of them because they melt my heart and they make me feel good. And I just want to share the joy. Yeah. So, so we got we got our two most recent ones two, ha- yeah. happened like last week. Yes. Yeah, so we cuddled on the couch reading them together. I know. I love it. So first one was Anan2708 Apple Podcast. So yeah, I think. Like, oh, okay. And from India, which is like amazing. But yeah, Apple Podcast is the ones like you can actually write something, I guess. So this has says hook, line and sinker. You've caught me. My friend and I found this while looking for a podcast that covered the Fritzel case. And we've been hooked ever since. My parents listened too to some of the episodes as well, mainly curious because I laugh so much. Love that. I love the range of cases they cover and the fact that they're not covered on other podcasts. Love you guys. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That is a friggin' amazing and a half review. I love it. Um, one thing we do try and make sure we like mix in not covered cases with some we more do, popular actually. ones. And I'm you're better at that than me. I feel like I cover some more well-known ones more times than not. Yeah, but we together have a good balance, right? That's true. Like I'll look at what we've done if it's more um headline type cases and i'll try and find one that's like a little less known smaller yeah so there's been a few i've covered that i guess have been smaller exactly and when i'm doing ones that are a little less known you will specifically go be like i want to do a big one so yeah it's just we're working good Which together to keep I that balance need to stop doing because they're hard okay <laughs> so the next review is from um anastasia 79 the best crime podcast ever OMG, if you're not listening to these two, you are seriously missing out. I absolutely love their banter and commentary. Your information is spot on and keeps me on the edge of my seat. Thank you so much. You make my work life so much more entertaining. And you make our podcast so much more enjoyable to do. Seriously. So awesome. That was so kind. Those reviews actually just like keep me going. I'm not going to lie. They do. They do. Um, and yeah, we, we really, uh, sorry, a little, another little note for this one too. We, we try to make sure we do banter. We want to be honest and we want to be who we are. We're not trying to, uh, do scripted podcasts by any means or mm-hmm. anything like that. Uh, there's, there are true crime podcasts where you go there and you listen to the story and that's it. Yeah. But we want to be true to ourselves and have fun and engage with you guys. The entire point is we want to sit down and like, feel like we're all chatting at a table. Totally. Well, I think it's also super cool that people get to know us if we didn't have that banter you wouldn't necessarily get to know that you really like chocolate milk i fucking love chocolate right and there are some other podcasts i listen to that don't have that and like i don't know anything about the house that doesn't mean i don't like the show but it's just different and that's totally okay yeah and it's totally okay what we do and we don't want to change that everything is just totally okay yeah and we totally (laughs) love the fact that you guys are here for that holy thank you but anyway if you want to leave us a review and make our day um we would super appreciate it Five stars or higher, you know, <laughs> not fishing for anything, you know, <laughs> oh, just kidding. No, honestly, it really does. It honestly really makes my day. I'm not oh. even lying. You know, it does. Oh, yeah. So you can go give us a rating out of five stars on Spotify and you can do the same thing on Apple podcast, but on Apple podcast, you can also go and give us a little written review too. So we appreciate yeah. all that. And you guys are absolutely incredible. Thank totally. you. Totally. Um, on a not so positive note, a little more of a negative note. What you got? Um, so we were all, we, we, we all know, well, not everyone, but a real headliner in the true crime news recently is Mead Lake, mm-hmm. uh, which is that body that was found in the barrel. Yikes. They found another one. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yikes. Which actually I should uh, go over to Instagram and give a thanks to 
the individual who pointed it out that uh, yeah because i had heard the one and i was like fascinated mm-hmm. um but i had not heard yet that there was another body found yeah uh so uh, mandy was the one who sent it to us i should have known that um so mandy madsen who is fit angel mama 912 mm, yep. on instagram uh yeah she sent us the link for us to find out that uh there has been another body discovered in the lake. Uh, so the, the lake's like super receding because it's like drought like crazy right now. Um, I've got an article here from CNN uh, written by Rachel Ramirez and Michelle Watson, uh, which is the article that we were sent. I'm going to read it here so you guys can uh, get caught up in what's going on on okay. the lake. Please do. So more human remains were found at Lake Mead over the weekend, less than a week after a body in a barrel was discovered at the reservoir. National Park Service rangers responded to a call on Saturday afternoon that reported the remains in Calville Bay. The Clark County medieval, medieval, no, <laughs> medical examiner is assisting with determining the cause of death, according to the NPS, which said there is no further information available at this time. Um, it was the second set of human remains found at, the, at Lake Mead, the count, country's largest reservoir. As water levels plunge, the first body discovered was on May 1st, was likely the murder victim who died from a gunshot wound, quote, sometime in the mid-70s to early 80s, based on clothing and footwear that the victim was found with. Wild. So, yeah. I mean, when they found that first body in the barrel, they did anticipate that they would be finding more. Yeah. So. And. They called it. People are kind of holding their breath, thinking that more to come still. Oh my gosh. Let's not drain the ocean. Lord knows what we'll (laughs) find in there. We will find Dexter's stash. (laughs) Every time we have a chance to bring up Dexter, man, we're just gonna. Because Dexter's the shit. That's so just, yeah, he's awesome. And we're not talking about Dexter's lab. Although Dexter's lab is fucking dope. Uh, That Dexter's pretty cool too. Talking about Dexter Morgan, okay? I know, but (laughs) Dexter's lab is also awesome. Dexter's mom, like Dexter's lab. His mom? Yeah. Super thick, super hot. Just saying. Good Lord. Okay. We're talking about Gilbert now. (laughs) Sorry. Gilbert Paul Jordan. Okay. Okay. You good with that? I'm good with that. Let's talk about Gilbert Paul Jordan. Also known as the Boozin' Barber. The Boozin' Barber. The Boozin' Barber, which will make sense to you all soon enough. Like some Sweeney Todd shit. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm starting. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to say, like, my intro for this week was freaking epic. It was seriously well done. <laughs> Snaps to me. Is Snaps that a to thing? <laughs> oh my god, wow. let's not do that so we, lame. We are too tired. Wow. Okay, let's <laughs> let's let's go back on track. Okay, so I'm starting this case off um, slightly different. I wanted to read out a police issued alert that went out on February 3rd of 2005 by the Saanich Police Department. And Saanich is a city on Vancouver Island, for anyone that doesn't know. The alert was to warn the public to be cautious of a recently released individual, and it went as follows. Gilbert Paul Jordan, age 73, is the subject of this alert. Jordan is 5'9 and weighs 174 pounds. He is partially bald, with gray hair and a gray goatee. He has blue eyes and wears glasses. Jordan is currently in the Victoria area, but has no fixed address. Jordan has a significant criminal record, including manslaughter and indecent assault of a female. He uses alcohol to lure his victims. Jordan's target victim group is adult females. Jordan is subject to court-ordered conditions, including abstain absolutely from the consumption of alcohol, not to be in the company of any female person or persons in any place where alcohol is being either consumed or possessed by that person or persons. If you observe the subject in violation of any of the above conditions, please call the Saanich Police Department or 911. Well, he sounds like a real piece of shit. He's a winner. Winner and a half. I Maybe not even close to No, he's shit. He's shit. He's He's shit. He's nothing. I feel like we're just those old two old guys in the Muppets. Like, woo, that was great. It was awesome. It was all right. It was okay. Well, there was some, some just goes bad thing. Hill. It's just like all of a sudden they're just booing the person, you know? Oh my goodness. So I have to say though, first off, 73. Yeah. It is 
wild to me to have an alert like that sent out. No kidding. About you. Like, whoa. At 73, I'm just going to be feeding ducks and probably illegally fishing in a park in a pond or something. Don't you already do that? Shh. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I don't. Okay. And if an alert of that matter is sent out, should maybe perhaps that person not be just like locked in jail? Uh, You would think. Like, I actually don't get that alert whatsoever. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. This whole case makes no sense. When was that alert sent out? Sorry. 2005. 2005. Okay. 2005. So I just feel like if an alert has to be sent out, just keep the person in jail for the love of God. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go through Gilbert's life and how it came to be that an alert warning the public was issued regarding him. Gilbert was born on December 12th, 1931 in Vancouver, BC. The second son to be born to Jack and Winifred Elsie. His brother's name was Bud. Little ditty about Jack and Winifred Elsie. Oh, man, we are too tired. (laughs) Sorry. Around the time Gilbert and Bud's parents were separate. Or holy shit. Wow. Around the time Gilbert and Bud's parents were separating, Gilbert dropped out of school in grade eight. Though their mother was still very much so a part of the boy's life, they lived mostly with their father growing up. It was said this was the case because the boys wanted to stay in Vancouver to continue their education, because as far as I know, the mom moved to the island, Mm -hmm. and that their father made more money. Gilbert's brother, Bud, said Gilbert was always closer to their mom. He also mentioned in an article that he wasn't aware of any traumatic events that could have made Gilbert the way he was. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So most cases, it's usually like there's some history. But in this case, there's no indicating history to point towards his future actions. Well, there's one interesting, noteworthy tidbit. And that was that the mother was a devout Methodist who did not believe in the consumption of alcohol. Not a drop of booze was allowed in the house. That that seems like some fucking foreshadowing right there. Well, because I'm just thinking like sometimes when you're not allowed something, it almost like makes you want it more, right? Oh, exactly. So... If Gilbert phoned his mother while intoxicated, she would hang up on him. Like, I'm not not fucking talking to you. And Gilbert's alcoholism stemmed back to his teenage years. His brother stated he was probably an alcoholic by the time he was 20. I mean, 20's not, like, unreasonable to have something like that. Not that that's that's a good thing or, like, I'm aiming and saying that. Oh, yeah, you know, 20-year-olds are all alcoholics. Um, But, I mean... When you get to that age, it's like alcohol is a new thing and you're exploring it. Kids drink a lot. I certainly know around here where we were in a northern city where there's nothing to fucking do. A lot of kids that age are just partying hard. Yeah, but like on the weekend and not like devouring a bottle of vodka every fucking day. There's a diff. That's debatable. There's a difference. I know some people like that. Oh, Or new. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, his lengthy, lengthy criminal record started in 1950 when Gilbert was only 18 years old. He was sentenced to 12 months in jail for the conviction of car theft. And it didn't get much better from there. Throughout the 1950s, his rap sheet would include breaking and entering, theft, and numerous more auto thefts. Cool. So he's, he's just a big old bag of dicks. Yep. Sweet. And like, you don't even know. You don't even know. Actually, I've been halfway through this case with you already. So oh, I, do, actually, I do know a little bit. <laughs> you do. Oh, yeah. Forgot already. In, we, we didn't get much further than this. We got quite a bit further than this. In 1961, Gilbert had a more serious charge against him for the abduction of a five-year-old indigenous girl. Yeah. See, that fucking gets me. That's... That's fucking trash. He was found in a gravel pit by police with the girl in his car. He got off the charge after a stay of proceedings was entered. Which is fucking bullshit. You abduct a five-year-old girl and it's just like. That's wild. It's absolutely absurd. It's absurd. Like that's just. It's disgusting actually. Yeah. Like that's just whoa. Like I. Yeah. Sorry. I just. Yeah. You know how I am when it's like law enforcement just looks the other way and lets shit go. I know. Like that, that's what fucking gets to me. 
Well, have fun with this one, this case. Oh, I'm sure I will. The following years, he would be convicted of more theft, public intoxication. <laughs> okay. Are you going to explain this now while you're laughing? Because the whole time when we were recording last time, I kept just saying intoxication. Like, what is intoxication? Like, I literally could not say intoxication. It's because you're intoxicated. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was drinking water. But you intoxicated But now that I've now. had a few sips of wine, I can say it. <laughs> okay. Logic. So- Public intoxication after holding up traffic on the Lionsgate Bridge and threatening to jump off the bridge. They should have let him. Robbery, assault causing bodily harm, contempt of court after addressing the magistrate with a Nazi salute. D-bag. And rape. He never seemed to serve much time for any of these incidents. Charges would either be withdrawn, acquitted, or... Or he'd serve a very short sentence in jail. Like it is infuriating yeah. what this guy gets away with. No kidding. From 1965 to 1988, he would be linked to the deaths of upward of 10 women, but was only ever convicted for one of them. And that, again, absolute fucking bullshit. Yeah, we will be definitely going into more detail with that. His victims were indigenous women of Vancouver's downtown east side. Now, we talked a bit about the downtown Vancouver's east side when we were covering the Robert Picton case. But to refresh your memory, it's essentially an area of Vancouver that has been heavily stricken with drug addiction, overdoses, poverty, sex work, disease, mental illness. It is... Unfortunately, not a very safe area. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, of course, first and foremost, it's absolutely a shame uh, that the individuals in the area are going through that sort of lifestyle and that sort of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, the secondary note that doesn't generally get talked about a whole lot is, like, that area of Vancouver. It's it's absolutely beautiful. You drive through there. It's a nice area. I mean, of course, other than the poverty that's present and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or present, not president. Um so you're looking at a nice city with beautiful history and architecture and all that sort of stuff in the area. So you have people and the city that's just seeing hard times and falling. And it's just an absolute shame. Oh, it's like to drive down the area. It's like gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. really is. Robert's victim count was much higher than Gilbert's, but they preyed on women in the same neighborhood. And the poor women in the area with Robert's reign of terror and Gilbert's, their time slightly overlapped. So Robert's acts were from 1978 to 2001 and Gilbert's 1965 to 1988. So really, like a lot of these women just didn't stand a chance. Yeah, which is just like classic British Columbia because there's indigenous women going missing left, right and fucking center for whatever the reasons are. And the RCMP just look the other way. Yeah, because really when I said like these women didn't stand a chance, I never even said that the anything to do with like the bias that the police had mm-hmm. and like letting these serial killers get away with what they were getting away with for so fucking long. Yeah. Like that is long stints of time. Gilbert's MO would be that he'd typically find women in bars, buy them drinks, pay them for sex and encourage them con- to continually drink with him. When they passed out from the alcohol consumption they already consumed, Gilbert would essentially pour more booze down their throats, resulting in extreme alcohol poisoning. And being that the majority of his victims suffered from alcoholism, a reported death with, the co- with this cause didn't get the attention from the place it required or deserved. Just turning a blind eye and using that as their fucking cover. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Highway of Tears, it's like, oh, these transient type women who go missing. Well, of course they're going to go missing because they're out there hitchhiking and stuff. And they'll show up eventually. They just turn that fucking blind eye. So these women, it's like, oh, they're alcoholics. Of course, they're going to die of alcoholism. It's like, um, not necessarily. And meanwhile, there's these freaking nasty motherfuckers out there that are just like taking advantage. Oh, yeah. They're preying on it wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah and they know that they're just probably going to get away with it. Yeah. Although the newspapers often described the women as sex workers, not all were involved in sex in sex work. The first woman known to have died in Gilbert's company 
from alcohol poisoning was in 1965, a switchboard operator named Ivy Rose Oswald, who was found naked and dead in a Vancouver hotel. Her blood alcohol level was 0.51. That is ridiculous. Like fucking holy shit. So to exaggerate on that, um, I mean, I wasn't hundred percent sure like what exactly that meant. So sober, like zero, right? Mm-hmm. Um, legally intoxicate and <laughs> here we go. <laughs> intoxicated um is 0.08. So meaning it's still legal for you to drive and that number, though, could be different in, like, other areas. So don't yeah. be like, oh, Wicked and Grim, they said it's 0. 0.08. Yeah. Check your local laws before you go <laughs> drinking and driving. Or just don't drink or and drive. Or just don't, yeah. Uh, so very impaired is 0. 0.08 to 0. 0.40. And this blood alcohol level, you may have difficulty walking, speaking, me, reading. Um, <laughs> other symptoms may include confusion, nausea, and drowsiness. And then above 0.4%. You are at risk for serious complications. At this blood alcohol level, you may be at risk for coma or death. Like that is freaking high. Yeah. And she was like a full percentage higher. Yeah. So she um, at 0.51 was more than six times the legal limit for impaired driving. Like above. Crazy. Which is a lot. Yeah. A lot. It's how much? A lot. Oh, I was just like, (laughs) you want me to go back? (laughs) No charges were laid against Gilbert for the death of Ivy Rose. The coroner's inquiry done on the body reported recent bruises on Ivy Rose's scalp, Rose, or nose. Sorry, there's lights outside that just really creeped me out, but hopefully hopefully it's just someone driving by. Hopefully we don't get abducted by aliens. What? I don't know. I just saw like flashing lights. It's probably just someone driving by. How much have you had to drink? Is that like, what? what is in that cup? Oh my gosh. I've had like two sips of old wine. How how old it's is potent. that wine? <laughs> okay. It's not wine. It's just vodka. Okay. So anyway, this poor woman had recent bruises on her scalp, nose, lips, and chin but they were considered superficial. There was no evidence of violence or suspicion of foul play. In fact, Gilbert was in the room and the one who reported Ivy Rose's decease the following morning. He was found with many of Ivy Rose's belongings. I don't know if it was due to the fact of him just being in her room or if he had actually had some of her belongings like stowed away, but a charge of theft was considered, but later to be deemed or determined there was insufficient evidence and Gilbert was released. Insufficient evidence. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I just feel like if you're in the room with someone who died with that high of levels. I mean. Like, I don't know. Playing devil's advocate here. Good luck proving that he forced booze down someone's throat, though. Yeah. No, no. That's the that's the problem. Yeah. So the only thing. To come of this incident was Gilbert essentially learning how to get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. He wouldn't strike again in this way, however, for many years. Shortly after Ivy Rose's murder, Gilbert actually went through the process to change his last name. His last name was Elsie and he had changed it to Jordan. He did this due to the embarrassment that his him having the last name of Elsie was causing his family. I'd be embarrassed to be fucking related to this guy too. Yep. And some say that would also be the reason he didn't commit another murder for some time, but he was also busy starting a career as a barber and getting married. In 1972, he actually married a Prince George woman. And here's where it gets close to home. That's our city. So when I first read... Prince George, I had no idea there was any correlation to this case. I had a total Will Smith moment. And I was like, keep my city's name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was actually what went through my city nose or my brain. And I was like, oh, that's bad. So you're just like, I'm just gonna just bitch slap this whole fucking article. <laughs> I'm like, get no, out of here. I don't want to be involved. Wow. You're just gonna pull a fucking Will Smith on this <sighs> Chris Rock. I see what you're I'm doing. out. Um, but I honestly had no idea that he lived in Prince George for a, 
for a period of time, and he racked up even more charges in and around the area, including, but not limited to, indecent exposure in McKenzie in October of 1973. You good? Yeah. He just reminded me of like those, the, uh, like the medicine commercials you see on TV where it's like, so-and-so experimental medicine. Side effects may include, but not limited to, nausea, vomiting, shitting yourself, like falling asleep <laughs> while you walk, like dying. Like, uh, Jesus. Yeah, I have a way with words. So indecent exposure in McKenzie in October of 1973, he was convicted of drinking and driving in Prince George in February of 1974, in which he was fined a hundred bucks. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess a hundred bucks would have been a bit more back then, but. Even still. In March of that same year, convicted of assault and convicted to two years less a day, but appealed the sentence, or sorry, appealed, and the sentence was reduced to six months. April 1975, convicted in Prince George of indecently assaulting a female. In October of 1975, he was convicted of endangering the safety of an aircraft in flight. You look confused. I just had like a a thought. If he indecently assaulted someone, that hence is that you can decently assault someone. Oh gosh. Like that that terminology just doesn't line up for me, you know? Yeah. I know what they're saying, but it's like, but that's just There's no opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how do you decently assault someone? Then? Oh my gosh, you don't. That's that's how you do it. <laughs> I th- I think the opposite in reality is just assault Mm. indecent assault is probably like sexual assault you know yeah yeah so okay so this um endangering the safety of an aircraft thing so yeah this was the flight that his wife was on who was in the process of getting the hell away from him oh snap because he abused the fuck out of her and she was in and out of the hospital like repeatedly So he phoned and said there was a bomb on the flight. Okay. But because the flight had actually hadn't actually taken off yet, the charge was successfully appealed. What? No. Yeah. Are you fucking what? Like nowadays you would just you would never be able to get right away with something like that. There's no no way. There's no way. A bomb threat at all. That's you can't. How do you get away with a bomb threat? Yeah. So he did. Um, Crown Council in Prince George attempted to have Gilbert declared a dangerous sexual offender. I mean, in the span of nine months, he had two incidents where he tried to force himself on a female. And that indecent exposure I mentioned in McKenzie. Yeah. That was with children. Was it? Are you fucking kidding? No. He apparently invited them over to watch TV but instead exposed himself to them. This fucking douche can Like, that's freaking disgusting. Wow. If he was declared guilty of this, he would have been locked up indefinitely. The judge, however, ruled that he was not a dangerous sexual offender and unlikely to commit further violent acts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow, this guy's fucking useless. Like, fuck this guy. Like, he's more useless than like a blockbuster fucking gift card. Like, <laughs> oh seriously, that's how useless he is. Oh, I would have some uses for that, but I don't have any uses for him. Exactly. He's more <laughs> useless than that. So this it's it's laughable because Gilbert was just getting started. Oh, shit. He was 110 percent just getting started. <sighs> okay. Only three months later, on February 21st, 1977, Gilbert Gilbert drove to a psychiatric hospital in Edmonton, claimed to be a doctor, and left with a female patient. A 47-year-old woman who had the mental capacity 
of someone between the ages of eight and 10. No, no. Yep. No. Like disturbing. She wasn't found for three days. Gilbert was charged with rape, sexual intercourse with a feeble-minded, kidnapping, abduction of a female with intent, gross indecency, theft over 200, and assault causing bodily harm. This is fucking disturbing. Holy shit. Due to the distress it may cause the woman, she did not take the stand at trial. So therefore, no supporting evidence was heard. It was agreed that Gilbert would plead guilty to the assault charge if sentenced to time already served, which was 26 months, and on the basis a dangerous sexual offender application would not be pursued. What? Would not be would pursued? Not. Yeah. So he learned from that last one. Let's not let's not try to get into that again. He might not have been so lucky, right? Holy shit. Okay, because this is the sort of shit that fucking bugs me. When shit could have been prevented, when someone turns and looks the other way and makes a decision like this, this is what fucking bugs me. Well, like, yeah, he just destroyed people's lives and and like the victims, I mean, they died. And then like, just think of the surrounding people, right? Like their loved ones and stuff. Like he just destroyed so many lives. Oh yeah. And it's a ripple effect. Like you say, it just goes outwards oh. to other people. Yep. So the Vancouver Sun did a special report on Gilbert in 1988 and had bu a bulleted list of his convictions and offenses from 1952 to 1987. 43 bullets. 43 things that this motherfucker did. So this was in what year? 1980. So just from 1952 to 1987. Like this was. Okay. But it was bulleted in 1987 in the paper. In 1988. Yeah. They had written. Okay. And there was literally 43 bullets of like shit that he had done wrong. So there's already this in the paper in 1988. When in 2005, the very first bulletin you read to us. There's another one put out with a public warning. Oh, yeah. Well, we're just getting into this here. Like what? What did the. Wh like it's, it's amazing. Some people just get away. Like yeah. I don't understand because those that was 43 bullets did not even list many of the f offenses, including the deaths that he committed and got away with. The like that we're just about to discuss here. Holy shit. All right. Okay. So Mary Johnson. November 30th, 1980, died at the age of 42 with a blood alcohol level of 0.34. A week prior to Mary's death, she had notified her sister-in-law she believed someone wanted to kill her. The sister-in-law notified the police of this, but nothing was done, and an inquiry at the time concluded Mary's death was unnatural and accidental. Less than a, le a year later, Barbara Paul would find herself in Gilbert's presence. It was September 11th, 1981, and Barbara died at the age of 27 with a blood alcohol level of 0.43. Deemed that Barbara was most likely a chronic alcoholic, her death was deemed unnatural and accidental. Wow. Again, not even a year later, Mary Johns would pass away on July 30th, 1982, her death was a bit different in that she died in Gilbert's barber shop. In the early 1980s, Gilbert operated a lease barber shop at 2503 Kinsway in Vancouver called the Slocan Barber Shop. I posted a photo of it on Instagram. Mary's blood alcohol level was enough to kill her twice at point. Seven six. Holy shit. The coroner deemed there was no indication of foul play and noted she had been drinking quality alcohol the previous evening with a friend, Gilbert. He said, it's my feeling that she ingested an immense quality of alcohol without realizing the lethal potentiality of it. That much? I highly doubt that. Um, but what about maybe, I don't know, looking back in, on Gilbert's record and seeing that maybe he was also involved in someone dying with a unusually high blood alcohol level? Yep. 
maybe not involved like with, but this, being, like that would have been the fourth one. Yeah. Like why? Hello. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. Like this shit's happening in the same city and stuff too. Right. But with those other ones, um, was he present or actually like a lot of tied them, to at those at that time when they were occurring though? Yeah. A lot of them, like he was present. Oh, really? Like, yeah, he would be, or he would have, um, get his lawyer involved and they would like go tell the, notify the police and stuff. But they always had some concoction. Like he was really, really good at lying, like really good. Yeah. But it doesn't matter how good at lying you are when year after year you turn up with, oh, I was drinking with this person and they died of alcohol poisoning. And then, oh, I was drinking with this person. They also died. Of and then, alcohol oh, poisoning. I was also drinking with this person and they also died of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. That's a little bit fucking suspicious. Once is an accident, twice is a coincidence, three times, uh-uh, shit's going wrong for sure. Oh, I, I agree. I really agree. So before Gilbert's next murder was committed, he would find himself getting married once again. I always find it blows my fucking mind how these people get married. But anyway. People like this are usually master manipulators. I know. I know. It does make sense. I just... It doesn't. It does. It doesn't. So not <laughs> conflicted su- much. Not surprisingly, it was a very short marriage, four and a half months. Oh wow! This is wild. What I'm about to tell you. One particular evening, Gilbert brought a woman home with him. They were both very intoxicated. Oh my! <laughs> I don't know what is with that. Intoxicated. They were both very intoxicated. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> what is up with me in I that word? Know. I'm getting it mixed up with something and I don't even know what, but You're it's getting like, it mixed up with intoxication. It's really fucking hilarious. Okay. His wife, you gotta listen here, babe. I'm trying, but I'm still laughing at intoxicated. <laughs> His wife obviously didn't want this woman in her house and asked her to leave. And instead of leaving, though, she grabs a kitchen knife and threatens to attack Gilbert's wife in her own home. Gilbert, the whole time, denied she was even his wife and said she was just the cleaning lady. Holy shit. Wow. All right. His wife fled to the bathroom to avoid being attacked. And when it was finally quiet, she exited the bathroom only to witness her husband having sex with this woman, this woman in their bed. Wow. Gilbert later tried to reconcile with his wife, but the damage was done. He was most certainly not marriage material. No kidding. Like that is so disturbing beyond anything I've ever read. Well, I've read pretty shitty things actually, but like in a marriage, oh, she's just my cleaning lady. And then she has to go and hide in her own home. And then she comes out and you're, you're like fucking someone. Yeah. Like, is that a joke? I mean, I'm just going to throw the obvious out here. There, there's cheating. He's clearly cheating on her, right? That's fucking bad. But in the moment where his wife is fucking terrified for her life and he decides, I'm horny and I'm going to fuck some chick in the next room. It's so disturbing to me. Like, it makes me sick. Yeah. So sick. It wasn't until December 15th, 1984, Gilbert would strike again. Again, at the barbershop. Patricia Thomas was found after Gilbert called her death in. She was 40 years old with a blood alcohol level of 0.51. Jeez. An inquiry into the indigenous woman's death reported she drank enough to pass out, then apparently woke up and continued drinking until she passed out once again. An autopsy was done, was also done because of external evidence of uh, recent trauma but were deemed relatively trivial and could have been the result of a fall while intoxicated. Oh my God, intoxicated. (laughs) Again. You're not going to live this down. Again, death was classified as unnatural and accidental. Did you even hear anything I just said? (laughs) No, I did not hear the last sentence. I'm sorry. (sighs) Okay, we're going to move on to this. This next one, I think, before we... Yes, I want to talk about this next one before we chat. Okay. Okay, Real real quick, the death was deemed accidental, you said, right? Accidental and unnatural. Wow, okay. In June of the following year, Patricia Andrew... So this is two Patricias in a row here, I think we have. Yep. She was a mother of four, passed away again at the barber shop. So this is three 
At the barbershop. At the barbershop only. His place work. Yeah. His place of work. Her blood alcohol level was 0.79. Experts say she would have had to drink 1.136 milliliters or 40 ounces of hard liquor all at once to get that kind of reading. Holy shit. So she down to 40. Apparently. That's what they think. Being that Patricia's heart and liver showed chronic alcohol abuse, you guessed it. Her death was deemed unnatural and accidental. Holy shit. Okay. No one's asking these questions yet. See, because I find it very weird that it's like three of them are at like his workplace. Yeah. Like that's messed. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like people die of alcohol poisoning very much, do they? Uh, not not that often. I mean, it happens, yeah, but extreme with well, that, to that high, high, like that's almost someone's doing that to you. And then for it to happen at a single fucking barbershop, and then when it's not at that barbershop, but that same dude who owns a barbershop is present. Uh, um, yeah. I'm sorry, but you might want to look into that shit. Because we have more. On September 25th, 1986, Valma Dora Gibbons was Gilbert's next victim. She was 38 and died with a 0.63 blood alcohol rating. Her estranged husband was to pick her up from um, pick her up from downtown Vancouver and bring her to their once shared Burnaby home as she had a birthday gift for their 12-year-old son. But she wasn't waiting for him in the in the lobby where she'd been living. Instead, she was found in a room other than her own with no money, even though she would have just cashed her welfare check. And no liquor other than Chinese cooking wine, which wasn't something she would drink. Huh. Veronica Harry was Gilbert's next victim, and she passed away at the Clifton Hotel in a room Gilbert rented. Of course. It was November 19th, 1986, so less than two months since his last victim. Gilbert said they had been drinking together for two days. Her blood alcohol level was actually only 0.04. But as always, he got away with it. Of course. That's still a high number. Like it's just. Well, that's, you could drive at that though. 0.04. Oh, 0.04. I think I meant 0.4. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Um, Vanessa Lee Buckner would be Gilbert's next victim on October 12th, 1987. And this death would thankfully change the story. Okay. Vanessa was similarly found dead and naked on the floor after spending a night with Gilbert. She had just given birth to a daughter two weeks prior, which is absolutely heartbreaking. No kidding. She was of mixed white European and black African roots, so non-Indigenous as his other victims were. Her blood alcohol level was the highest yet at a whopping... 0.91. Holy fuck. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. How is that even possible? I don't even know. Her family pressed the police to investigate further. They had apparently just spoken to her earlier that day, and they said she seemed really good and was talking about her baby. They did not believe that she had a drinking problem. Though she may not have had a drinking problem... Some reports say she was a user of various drugs and that she had lost custody of her newborn baby who had been born with a drug dependency. Sorry. Either way, it was her death and that high of a rating that led police, like the 0.91, sorry, that led police to begin their investigation into similar alcohol-related deaths. Took them long enough. It took them so fucking long. That is so long. Like, I don't understand how someone can get to 0.9. That is absolutely absurd. So the fact that they finally said, hmm, that's unusually high. Yeah. That's fucking scary in itself because 0.5, 0.4, that's all unusually high. Okay, maybe 0.4 because that's like where you start to fucking die. Yeah, okay, maybe I can see that. But we've had 0.5. I think you said 0.6. Definitely a 0.7. I think there's a 0.7, yep. And they they haven't questioned those. That's just uh, alcoholism. Well, I mean, I said it in the intro because like we'll we'll get there a little bit, but I don't really talk about it. But like he, they'd be passing out, and he would literally like wake them up, 
and he put all his body weight on them and pretty much strangled them and shoved like a bottle into their mouth and just let it drain. Yeah. Holy shit. Like that's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Actually, and I didn't put it in here, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that it was um Vanessa that like she was barfing up black bile or something too. Okay. Like, oh my gosh, because and a lot of these deaths too, like it was that they were they would actually be like asphyxiation because like they're they're puking yeah they drown but at it. that high of alcohol level apparently like your reflexes don't work properly mm-hmm. and so you're just like drowning i guess with your puke yeah you drown in your own puke oh god like that's just terrible and i would assume they're probably drowning on a lot of alcohol too being yeah down their throat yeah unfortunately the police were not moving quick enough And there would be one more casualty. Oh, fuck. On November 9th, 1987, Edna Shade was found dead in another hotel. She was nicknamed Auntie for the kindness she would show to young sex workers. She was found naked with a blood alcohol rating of 0.12. On November 16th, Gilbert was placed under surveillance. They'd watch Gilbert search the streets and bars of the downtown east side and take various indigenous women to hotel rooms. On one occasion, police were eavesdropping from an adjacent room and could hear Gilbert saying to the victim, have a drink, down the hatch, baby, 20 bucks if you drink it right now. Like disturbing. Yep. During this period that they were watching him, They saved four women from similar fates as the others and arrested Gilbert for the murder of Vanessa Buckner. And finally, they were able to start stringing shit together. Gilbert was the first known Canadian to use alcohol as a murder weapon. Initially charged with the first degree murder, which was changed to manslaughter before his trial started, Gilbert was found guilty for the, the death of Vanessa Buckner and sentenced to 15 years in prison, which was later reduced to nine years on appe- appeal. And what Gilbert actually ended up serving was six years. Huh? And Excuse he was me? only ever tried for that one murder. Oh, yeah. Like you said, he was only yeah. tried for the one. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Okay, cool. Um, no, that's not cool. Fuck. All right. Sorry. Emotional roller coaster right now. <laughs> so after his 1994 release, he was placed on a three year probation with heavy restrictions. But in 1997, Gilbert was a free man, a free man to keep reoffending until the day he died. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm not going to go on a shit ton of detail here because I found it actually ridiculously hard to find exactly what he did once released from prison after serving that manslaughter charge. I feel like people probably just gave up on him at that point. Um, I mean, it's pretty fucked up, like how, what he gets away with. Like it's actually anger. It angers. It's sickening. It angers me. But it was very obvious that he consistently reoffended and was consistently in and out of jail for breaking his probation. In August of 2004, after he'd done an immense amount of shit, Gilbert was arrested in one last or one last time in Winnipeg. Two days prior, he was identified as being at a party in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, binge drinking with Barb Berkeley. Barb was a long-term resident of the hotel they were partying at and had a serious drinking problem. Barb had to be taken to hospital by a friend 
and employee and hotel employee after being found in bad condition. Did she survive? She did survive. Thank God. He would later be acquitted of the charges. And upon his release, police issued that public warning I read at the beginning of the podcast. Thankfully, though, that warning wasn't necessarily needed because Gilbert died the following year in 2006. Good riddance. I wanted to finish off with a quote, just in case you didn't think Gilbert was a complete piece of shit already. Oh, I'm pretty sure we do. At one point, he did an interview with a Vancouver Sun reporter saying that the woman whose deaths he had been linked to were all on their last legs. I didn't give a damn who I was drinking with. I mean, we're all dying sooner or later, whether it's in the bar, across the street, or wherever. Gilbert was a man with no remorse for the damages he caused and lives he took. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I like doing that. Um, So assuming his sentence that he just, or his statement that he said, saying we're all dying anyways. I mean, that's true. That's true. So assuming we're taking the truth out of his statement, we're all dying anyways, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't give you the right to take away someone's last moments on earth or last years, whatever, last breath. It's not yours to take. That person might stop drinking tomorrow. That person might even continue drinking, but they might save someone else's life. They might have an impact. They might have more to give. They might have more to live for. It's not yours to fucking take, whether we're all going to die or not. Wow, Ben. Fuck him. Way to give us all goosebumps. Yeah. It's sad. This case is unbelievable. And I actually can't believe that I haven't really heard much more of it, being that it's so close to home. But wow, well this done. guy is a mofo piece of shit. That's how yeah. I'm ending this podcast. But he was just disgusting. Honestly, I was listening to a podcast um, about this prior to. I sometimes just do that. And I was just freaking livid. Like the amount of time I was in my car and just being like, no like you have to be kidding me because it's like i can't believe he just time and time and time and time got away with this stuff yeah that's malarkey yeah it's unbelievable wow okay so uh thank you for putting us through that roller coaster you're welcome that was not fun uh (laughs) fuck this dude (laughs) rcmp needs to uh they've improved don't don't i feel like they have improved Um, yeah past british columbian rcmp if, if in 1970, 80s, 90s, RCMP are listening to this right now, get your shit together in the future. Okay. Yeah. There was some serial killers at that time that sh- got loose and shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. That was not fun. Thank you. Wow. What the heck? Thanks a lot. <laughs> I was, just ruined everyone's day. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, actually, I just got it right before I... Uh, we went and recorded this. I got a message from from Jeff actually regarding last last podcast episode. Uh, I got a lot of flack for the last episode, even though it was voted on by some patrons uh, because it was disturbing as fuck. And Jeff had this to say. Uh, also, your last episode I listened to, I had to take my ear pods out, man. Almost fucking puked. So I'm pretty sure. What was that one? The elevator the one, The elevator right? one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're actually, yeah, we're not just delivering bad, for, bad information this time or last time. Some reason that did affect me, but it didn't. Like I literally the next day wrote a fucking elevator <laughs> like and I'm kind of like, wow, that's really crazy. But you also posted a story on Instagram with fear in your eyes. Well, the, the fear was actually more so because there was someone that came in the elevator with me and I had to do that in front of someone. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. OK. Oh, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that one was wild, too. They're all wild. They're all just wild in their yeah. own way. Um, and I'm going to find three more wild cases, and I'm going to put it up on Patreon uh, for our patrons to vote on. Right on. For for our next episode. So if you want to have that say, head over to Patreon. Keep an eye open. In the next couple of days, you'll have your chance to vote on what the next case is going to be. Boom. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, don't forget to uh, go ahead and give us a review on Spotify or Apple podcast. It really helps us out and like boosts the algorithm to really show our podcast to other people. And, and our confidence. Exactly. And the confidence. 
Uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. We got a Twitter. We got oh, a Twitter yeah, now. right. Twitter. Uh, yeah. And we got a blog on our website. We got to post another blog here pretty quick. Sweet. Yeah. So, so until next time, hey. Stay wicked. <laughs>